Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. When did you feel most betrayed by me? I mean, I feel like this one's probably pretty obvious to you. Um, but after searching for like a really long time to find a nanny to watch my three kids and finally finding that elder Scottish woman and growing really close with her and then finding out that it was you. Um, I don't think that I've ever felt more betrayed by anyone in my entire life. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network, a fine network. It's Thursday, June 22nd, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tess Mellis. Hey, podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him. It's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey yo, hey yo, and last but not least, over yonder making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello, there he is. And here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Hit the like button. Make sure you've subscribed. Go get your No Dunks merch over at NoDunks.com. Sexy new beach stepping tank tops oh, are hey. live. Available in three colors: white, pink. And black. I say collect them all. The Neapolitan pack, <laughs> if you will. Uh, I showed up to pick up last night's skeets wearing the pink one. You did. And within 30 seconds, Kelvin said to me, okay, Don Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is an endorsement of this shirt. Absolutely. You look great coming into the gym last night. Uh, so those are available over at nodunks.com. And uh, once you pick up one of these beach step and tanks, make sure you take a photo of yourself on a beach, kicking some sand, or reading some emails and tweets. Okay? <laughs> they do look a little like dresses, don't you think? Well, the way they're shaped <laughs> yes, there, exactly. yes. But you have they one. Jet they, out. Don't, they don't do that. No, they yeah, look like a tank top flared. when yeah. you actually have it. <laughs> they're a real tank top. Yeah, yeah. Don't you worry, guys. Okay, uh, The Athletic is also running a dollar a month deal for a year. Through the end of this month, go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Take advantage of that. A dollar a month to unlock unrivaled sports coverage highly recommend you take advantage of that incredible deal and final piece of housekeeping here join us tonight at 8 p.m eastern on playback for the nba draft it's here it's tonight will one of us get drafted (laughs) some of us projected to go late in the first round maybe early second so we'll see whether we get drafted and we will watch the draft together you can use this as a second screen experience just uh us weighing in on all the hijinks of the draft. So it sounds like you're saying we're watching all 60 picks, or 58 picks tonight, Skis, because, uh, you know, I would love to go in the first round, but I feel like it's more of a flyer uh, sort of situation yeah. here late in the draft. We might have to. Yeah, we might have to stick around <laughs> in the green room. Just if it happens. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Anyway, we'll at least do, uh, we'll probably do the first round, at least a lottery. Again, we'll do a couple hours tonight on playback. That link is in the show notes uh, right now whether you listen and download the podcast or here on YouTube. Okay. Early yesterday evening, 
news broke about a potential three-team trade that was going to send Porzingis to the Celtics, Malcolm Brogdon to the Clippers, and draft compensation and Marcus Morris to the Wizards. Blog posts were written. Podcasts were recorded. And then things got a little weird. Because around 10.30 or so, multiple reports trickled out saying the Clippers were worried about Brogdon's medical report. And just like that, a sexy three-team deal was off. Everybody put their shirts back on, grabbed their keys out of the bowl, and that three-way was done. (laughs) But Washington and Boston still wanted to make it work. And they had a deadline here at midnight. The Zinger would be able to decline his player option and become a free agent. The rebuilding Wizards would potentially get nothing for him as an asset. So just when you thought all hope was lost, the Grizzlies create a whole new blockbuster. Take it away, Trey Kirby. We got ourselves a tree. Oh, yeah. And a graphic. We do. In the end, we got there, guys. This is the three-team deal. The Celtics are getting Kristaps Porzingis and two first-round picks, including tonight's number 25, and then uh, 2024 first-round pick by way of the Warriors. The Grizzlies getting Marcus Smart, and the Wizards coming out with Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, Mike Muscala, and tonight's 35th pick, Tass. I don't know if you want to tackle this team by team here, but uh, what was your immediate reaction to this? Did you stay up late last night to see <laughs> yeah. this go down, or did you see it this morning? <laughs> uh, I was excited to see that people were up last night commenting about it, because then I could read about it seven hours later. <laughs> uh, all these takes... Yeah, that had to uh, retool right quick because Zinger to the Celtics. The Clippers don't want injured players. That's weird. Uh, They back out of the Malcolm Brogdon part of this. The Grizzlies getting a lot better. Having to give up some picks, but getting a lot better. And then the Washington Wizards, everyone pooped on. But let's let's save that for later. Celtics or Grizzlies? What should we start? Let's start with the Celtics. I think think they do have a... Some worries here. Malcolm Brogdon comes back. They've got thinner at the guard position. And Kristaps Porzingis isn't healthy every single season, so it's still a little bit worrisome. But they traded a position that they were strong at, the guard position, for a position they were a little weaker at. Al Horford is old. Imagine Kristaps Porzingis shooting those threes instead of Al Horford come postseason time. you got to be excited about that. A ridiculously good shooter, 38.5% from three last year. Stayed on the floor a lot last year. He had his best year. Yeah. And that's overlooked because everyone talks about Kyle Kuzma in Washington last year and Bradley Beal, obviously. But 23 points per game, career high in field goal percentage, career high in free throw attempts per game over six, which is great for a Celtics team that absolutely needs it. So that's it's really exciting. You, you can see plays breaking down with the Celtics all the time last year. We, we remember. Where is this play going? Where is this play? You could absolutely give it to Chris Hapsworth, even in the post at times. He was mm-hmm. actually the most efficient scorer in the post besides Jokic. What? Uh, so, you know, those, those just options are better. So they've got a talent level increase. Uh, you, you're relying a lot on Derek White and now Malcolm Brogdon and Peyton Pritchard, uh, but... Uh, you've got a more balanced lineup. Have you lost your heart with yes. Marcus Smart? Yeah, but they also didn't have one last year at times either. So I mean, <laughs> but, also a great point. Yeah, yeah, and and Grant Williams too. This probably means that he's gone with right. with Kristaps Porzingis in there. So you get picks, you get Porzingis. I think your ceiling is a little bit higher. You definitely have a, a lower floor, I think, because Marcus Smart would bring it every night. Uh, now you're relying on White and Malcolm Brogdon, but. If Zinger is on the floor, that's a question mark. If Brogdon can stay healthy, 
also a big question mark. He, he needs to be there. He needs to, to help out. I think there's there's more question marks with the Celtics, but you got to feel good right this second when Porzingis is definitely healthy. Uh, but he, he, he was able to stay on the floor last year, and he hits deep, deep, deep threes. That's a lot of talent, man. They're, they're really talented. What do you think of this for the Celtics side of things? I think I would have liked it better if it was Brogdon leaving in a trade uh, rather than yeah. Marcus Smart the I way agree. it was uh, originally. But obviously with Brogdon's injury, wasn't going to happen. Uh, we've seen that happen with uh, players in the past. A little injury comes up on a report and it's worse uh, for the team who's acquiring him. But I feel like the Celtics kind of reached their limit with Marcus Smart. He's been there for nine seasons. They went to the conference finals a whole bunch of times, got two wins away from winning a championship. But we've heard many coaches say over the course of history that teams can get stale, and maybe that's what's happening here uh, with the Celtics. So I think they balanced the roster. They had too many guards, questionable bigs with Grant Williams likely leaving now. Horford is advancing in age. Robert Williams is awesome when he plays, but not a totally reliable guy. So I like getting Porzingis. I think he's still good. He fits with what they want to do offensively, like Tass is saying. He's going to be able to chuck threes. And, I mean, you got him shooting, what, you said 38%. You can put Al Horford out there as well next to him. He was second in the league in three-point percentage. There's going to be five shooters on the court for the Celtics. They also got two first-round picks. They're probably going to have to pay Porzingis, which is definitely risky um, as well. And I think that they're going to have to address the leadership void for Marcus Smart. The guy's been the heart and soul of their team, no doubt about it. Of course, we talk about the Celtics melting down a lot of times, so maybe that plays into it as well. But he was definitely uh, a figurehead there. And he was also their best passer, easily their best playmaker. So I think that that's something uh, that the Celtics are going to be missing. I like the idea of them having more like bread and butter. We can go to a screen and roll. Porzingis is popping for three. Tatum or Brown is handling the ball. I would like to see him get a passer, though. I mean... You see a lot of people talking about Chris Paul uh, in the stream team eventually making his way to Boston. That's a kind of player that could definitely help because, I don't know, White and Brogdon, both really good guards, but not necessarily playmakers. Yeah. You guys are nailing it out of the park here. I mean, you've tackled a lot of things that I wanted to. I guess the other questions are, and you slipped it in here, what does this mean for restricted free agent Grant Williams? Is he gone here now because of the squeeze of what type of extension you'll probably be looking for Porzingis? Likely. So this trade really then... It's it's Marcus Smart and Grant Williams sort of leaving here for Porzingis, you know, these picks, and I guess maybe more of a prominent role for Peyton Pritchard uh, unless they go get another guard, another playmaking guard. Because the other question is, are the Celtics going to like be able to, first off, just welcome Brogdon back into the fold? Like, the guy was traded mm-hmm. until the Clippers said, uh, no, that elbow's a mess. And we're hearing Windhorst say it's quite you know, severe maybe this injury, uh, that torn ligament in his elbow here. So does that mean, you know, can they still move him? Is this requiring surgery? How long would he be out because of that? So that's that's a big cue. Uh, and then, yeah, how do you fill out the rest of this roster? Because I don't think they actually are done, Brad Stevens here, in terms of uh, around the edges. But I'm with you on the, uh, the idea of, like, you can give the ball to KP at the end of the shot clock, he is, can obviously, with his size, get any shot up. I mean, it's getting the shot up, no problem. And, yeah, you can post him up. I think I saw Pelton say this is something that the Celtics just never did with their bigs in Horford or, obviously, uh, the Time Lord here. Jason Tatum led the team in post-ups, and mm-hmm. it was, like, less than 100, where Porzingis had, like, you know, 230-plus last year. Like, the Wizards, that wasn't an option. That's something you could do with his size, uh, put him on the block and go to work there. So, yeah, to get the two picks, too, that's something here. I mean... That's nice. I'm with you. I would have preferred it being Brogdon going out, not smart. 
because of the identity uh, that he brings to this team. Absolutely. And, and the, the leadership probably in that locker room. But to get the picks back is a nice sort of like consolation prize yeah. for that. Marcus Smart has been on the trade block almost every year, <laughs> it yeah. feels like. And he just takes it and he keeps fighting. And the Grizzlies are getting a great player. Uh, but Porzingis is – he. He's, he's still a unicorn, uh, he, uh, despite being in the league for a long time. Maybe he's just gotten older and been, you know, grown into a comfort, more comfortable role being a supporting guy. But he's just, he's really good. <laughs> I think he's, he's kind of run the gamut of being, whoa, this guy's going to be the next one, being a really special guy to now just being ridiculously solid. I think it's a fair question to, to ask about his durability. It's still fair, even though he was able to play, uh, was it 65 games last year? Mm-hmm. Boston asks, asks everybody to move around defensively a lot. Switch, mm-hmm. switch this, switch that, switch that. It's, it's going to be a lot on him. But like Trey said, you know, you, he can pair him with Robert Williams. You can pair him with Al Horford. You can put him at the five on his own. Uh, so there's lots of options, you know, to kind of preserve him if you put him just with Robert Williams at times. But uh, the guy can can score in the post, especially with four shooters around. So there's lots of questions. But I don't know the guard thing. You're going to rely on Derek White a lot now, and he's kind of come into his own. So I'm, I'm comfortable with that. He, last year he played 28 minutes per game. How many is he going to play this year? Like 34, 35 now. The, that dude has also found his role in the NBA. So I think that was a part of the thinking here. So you don't think – you think this is a, an extension here that's going to be offered to Porzingis. That's Probably at a lower part. salary but longer-term security. And you don't see this as like a short-term sort of like one-year rental. I don't think so. Yeah. I think they they can they can extend him for two more years, right? Mm-hmm. It's probably the move. Starting July first, I believe. Yes, and there's there's reports like seventy five, seventy six, seventy seven million over the two years for him. That type of extension, which would be less than what he makes now, but not just by gotta much. Just got to adjust your yeah. <laughs> just got to remember what the salary cap is looking like because thirty seven mil. Woo, that's a lot for Chris Stapps Porzingis when we're like, man, he played so many games last year, sixty five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is gonna, there's concerns. I mean, there this is a risk for the Celtics. Like I Smart, agree. despite the fact that he's very up and down, he played. And he gave it his all mm-hmm. every single night. Uh, there's a chance you sign Porzingis to an extension and he plays 65 total games in the next two seasons. He's also got to adjust to being the third guy. That is tough. It hasn't gone well for everybody uh, that's been the third guy. Um, and I'm not so sure I like this that I'm seeing here in the stream team. People are calling uh, the new Celtics front court the time corn front court. <laughs> time Lord plus unicorn. <laughs> Up or down on time corn. Well, who, okay, who are the Celtics, Celtics going to start, do you think? Do you think it's, obviously it's Tatum and Brown. I would assume Derek White is the point guard right now, unless Brogdon is, you know, magically healed. And then who are your you're starting two bigs. Are you going Horford KP? Are you going uh, KP and Time Lord and Horford off the bench? What are you doing here? I think Al Horford comes off the bench. Okay. I think it's time. Uh, he and it's it's good for. Him. He'll be fresher in the postseason, as Trey said. An incredible regular season three point percentage, and then he just fell apart a little bit in the playoffs. He is timeless. He still looks the exact same, <laughs> but at some point, a thirty seven year old is going to get old, and I think that's we kind of saw that. Uh, so yeah. I, yeah, it's Robert Williams and Porzingis because it it helps Porzingis, even though he is a pretty good rim deterrent. And that's what the numbers say. Uh, I think it kind of it, it helps him have Robert Williams, but he's the backup five or Horford's the backup five. They got great options now. So smart. Uh, the heart of the team, obviously, throughout his nine years there, longest tenured player on the roster um, and one of the best and versatile perimeter defenders in the league. 
Do you know over the last 30 years, most games played for the Celtics, if you had to take a guess who's at the top of that list, uh, with over 1,100, who would you go? It's not Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce, that's right. And then Marcus Smart, second, at 581 games. Then Antoine Walker, 552. Rondo, 527. Yeah, that's a lot of games. And then he played over like 100 playoff games, too. Yeah. There's that whole fact where he played in just like, I think he played in the playoffs every single time. Uh, he's been on the Celtics. And they were like a 25-win team when he joined. Something like that. It was almost exactly 10 years ago that the Celtics traded Garnett and Paul Pierce to the Nets in that uh, you know, franchise-altering deal that brought the picks that turned into Tatum and Brown. Stevens hired as a head coach a week later. He's coaches one year, and then they draft Marcus Smart with the number six pick in the 2014 draft. And yeah, they haven't missed the playoffs since he, he joined this team. And you know, I don't think anyone would expect them to miss the playoffs with their superstars now, but... It's going to be a change. You said it here, Tass. Like putting Porzingis in, like because Smart, he was like he was their defense. Really, the way they could play, the the switchability. Obviously, for a smaller guy, he could play against basically anyone because of his strength and smarts and all that. Um, so that's going to be different with drop coverage with KP and you know how, where do you hide him if you are going with the two bigs? Can't wait to see it. Um, but they just decided we also just can't run. We don't want to run this squad back here. And we got too many guards. They tried to move Brogdon. That blows up, and they were like, all right, well, I guess we got to go with Smart then. As long as we get some picks back, we'll be happy because we still get Porzingis. Yeah. Um, let's move on to well, anything I else. Think, I just think they're ridiculously excited to have Porzingis shooting the ball as a third option. I mean, think about that. I, I would kind of consider him the third option with the Wizards last year with what Kuzma was doing. He was third on shot attempts, and he was ridiculously efficient. This offense is good. I... I, I agree. And, and he, his numbers were awesome. They need a little bit. Yeah, they need playmaking. Here, here's the only thing. Um, okay, it's one thing to to hit your uh, 27 foot bombs in the first and second quarters. Let's just ha- let's just wait to see what happens in close games, tight games. The Garden's rocking. Focus is to get the ball out of Tatum or Brown's hands. It finds its way to KP on the wing. He's wide open, and I just want to see if he's uh, you know got the clutch gene in him here when it's uh, a little Ooh. more. When the, when the buttholes are a little more tighter, okay, knock it down. You know Think what he's I mean? Have like, the honesty, he might. It didn't go well in Dallas. He might. It's funny, right? He puts up these monster numbers with the Wizards. A great season, great percentages. You know, incredible true shooting percentage. He does protect the rim because he's seven foot three. How can you not? But like sometimes we're like, uh, okay, great state, great stats on a bad team, <laughs> and we sometimes go, okay, well, okay. Anyone can go get basically 20 and 9 in this league. Uh, let's see you do it on a good team, and we're going to find out. I mean, he probably can, especially as a third option yeah, offensively. That, yeah, the pressure is on the other dudes, yeah. really. So I think I think they take the pressure off him. He played in New York. He was an all-star until he got injured. I mean, he's, he can play with pressure. I think, you know, he's, he's gone through a roller coaster. Yeah, it's going to be great to see him on a good team, for sure. Uh, let's talk about the Grizzlies. Let's start with you here, Trey. Um Marcus Smart, grit and grind, going to the Grizz. <laughs> the most Grizzlies player who was never a Grizzly up until now. I think this is this is nice from them. I know people are like, why are they adding two first-round picks? Definitely a question, but the first one is late in, in the draft this year, and the next one is Golden State's, right? So I guess there's a little bit of risk there. You could be giving up like a 16th pick if Curry gets hurt and things go poorly for yeah. the Warriors, but... Basically, the Grizzlies are getting Ja Morant insurance for however long he ends up being suspended uh, this season. Not to mention, Ja has missed chunks of time with injuries throughout his career as well. They also get their Dylan Brooks replacement just right away by getting a better Dylan Brooks 
Exact same guy, but Marcus Smart is just a little bit better at everything that J- Dylan Brooks was, and that's one guy. I think it's like a real hand-in-glove fit. He's a grown-up. Like, Marcus Smart, we've been talking about in the playoffs every year of his career, has gone to the finals, has played in the conference finals, a beloved, like, citizen of Boston. <laughs> so I think it's good to get a guy here who's going to come in and be the vet, and then you just think about the fact that the Grizzlies now have the back-to-back defensive player of the year. Yeah. Marcus Smart is the three-time Hustle Award winner. They're just going to rename it the Grit and Grind Marcus Smart Award. So <laughs> give it to him for number four. It'll be weird, I think, when John Morant comes back and the three best perimeter players are like six foot four. That's going to be tough, but you got Jaron Jackson Jr. back there to help out. And I think the big thing here, the big thing that Memphis was really all about is that Marcus Smart's on an awesome contract yep. right now. $18.5 million next season, then 20, then 21, the two years after that. They're going to have a very expensive big three between Ja, Jaron Jackson Jr., and they're going to have to pay Bain. With this new CBA coming, you like to have a long, low, cost-controlled contract. They didn't have that uh, with Tyus Jones. So they upgraded, they got insurance, they replaced the player. That'll cost you two later picks, I think. So good job by the Grizzlies as well. Yeah, they just got to be really, really excited. It is a small market. Cost certainty is a big part of this. And Jaron Jackson Jr.'s contract is, is... Actually decent when you look at it, and it's descending. Grizzlies front office knows what it's doing there. Morant's getting paid, Bain, as you said. Money is a part of this. Yeah, they got to give up two first-round picks, but they had four last year. It's like you got to stop picking at some point, and you just got to hope that these guys come through. They are small, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but Marcus Smart plays way bigger than his size. We know that. And you know this is an instance where they were looking for a three. That's what they've always been looking for. They know they got Morant and Bain. They know they have uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. in the front court. This allows them, I think, uh, to play Luke Kennard as a, you know, as a, as a defensive player that teams go at to start the season for sure. And then he goes to the bench when uh, John Morant comes back, and it's yeah, Morant, Bain, and Marcus Smart on the perimeter. It feels like a really, really good lineup. I, I don't think there's really any question marks for that on that front, and so. They get Brandon Clark back, uh, and, and this guy, you know, I, I was talking about yesterday the possibility of going to get Draymond Green. There's the rumors out there that the, the Grizzlies were on the list of teams that wanted Draymond Green because they needed to correct that locker room. Here's Marcus Smart. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's exactly what they're doing here. The, the, they, things have been going awry the last couple of years. I don't know if he joins the, the pregame dance that they've done. They probably just get it rid of that actually no more dancing i don't think uh, it's, it's more i think <laughs> no more dancing yeah i don't know i mean that'll be like a telltale sign dylan brooks was front and center yeah. in a lot yeah. of those dances if they come out for the first game no dancing you'll see smart's influence oh, yeah. it's <laughs> exactly. serious time it's serious time and he'll help there he'll help in the seriousness of it all i think i i go back to what you said trey about him on a very favorable deal here about about 20 million over three years because even Tyus Jones like the fear was he's going to start 25 games or so where Morant's out he's probably going to play exceptionally well they'll probably be okay he's going to make a lot of money because he'd be coming up for uh, obviously a contract he's fairly young Tyus Jones is and it's like they would have been paying him more probably and that yep. would have been an issue I mean as a backup guard especially so yeah they bring in Smart Smart is a playmaker obviously it could change like sort of the identity of that locker room maybe get a little more serious uh, in, in sort of plugging and playing for uh, Dylan Brooks there still doing the things that Dylan Brooks did do well I know we like to shit on Dylan Brooks but he was good for the Grizzlies um, and so now Smart can do that be the point guard then he can sort of slide over and play off the ball which he's done a 
for years here, obviously, with other talented players in this league. So it makes sense. I just wonder how, like, this whole thing goes down last night. Like, so they have the deal with the Clippers. It's a three-team deal. It suddenly gets blown up because the Clippers are like, no, we, we don't trust Brogdon's elbow. So it's like, is Brad Stevens, does he already have, like, a plan B in place? Uh, and it was the Grizzlies, and they had already talked about it prior, uh, previously, or was this some other uh, deal that was already being kicked around and all that? Like, you think or did so, he, right? Or is it like does he just does Brad Stevens just send like a like a, a chat to the to the WhatsApp group, all the GMs, <laughs> like ah oh, God. Anybody want to help us out here in this uh, three-team deal here? Anybody want in? <laughs> Anybody want Brogdon? And it was like, no, no, thumbs down, coming across the WhatsApp, and then suddenly somebody's like, what about Smart? You know? If it's not how it goes down, I'm just fascinated. <laughs> I'll get the back. Then those three start their own little WhatsApp. Yeah, they peel out. Spin-off. Uh, who do you think they have as the photo for the NBA GM's group chat on WhatsApp? <laughs> <laughs> Jerry West? Um, mm. Yeah. What about just like a little dollar sign, maybe even too? Like, yeah, like the money bag emoji yeah. or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we should look into that. Uh, any other thoughts on, on the Grizz here? Yeah, Everybody seems pretty high on it. Well, yeah, it was interesting just how quickly it came together. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah, it was, it was wild. like ninety minutes. <laughs> like because we had a real deadline because of the KP opting in or opting out whole situation like that was a legit deadline which is sort of fun. Yeah, there must have been uh, conversations in the background that have happened beforehand. And not to get into the nitty gritty, but I guess the Celtics were sharing their background on Malcolm Brogdon's injuries, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. usually it's, oh, this team did a physical after the trade was agreed to. They didn't like what they saw coming back on the MRI. Mm-mm, trade him back. We don't want him. But I guess, I don't know if the Grizzlies just got you know cold feet on their own or if they actually got some sort of reports on that elbow but I guess everybody's everybody knows the about clips. it from yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah everybody knows about it from reporters uh, like Windhorse is saying the elbow is bad uh, <laughs> he's he, saying they might not be able to trade him period yeah mm. yeah I know so, so that's why I get back into to Boston like, yeah exactly uh, as for the Wizards adding Tyus Jones obviously the main piece coming to them and then Gallinari and, and Moose I don't think they'll even ever play for the Wizards I guess possibly but uh they get. Uh, I think they're both Travis they, Schlenk guys, big Schlenk heads. The big Schlenk heads. Okay, um, mm. that's true. Yeah. Uh, look, we talked about Jones. Uh, was that yesterday when we were doing the the slop roundup mm-hmm. and you know how how a lot of teams would want his services as he's just brilliant at running a team. He never turns the ball over. High assist. You know he could score a little. He he gets at it defensively. He's not like on a smart level like that, but he competes. He's got one year left on his deal. Then he's a free agent, but. This is this is really all the Wizards get here. I mean, Beal leaves and Porzingis leaves, and they get no first-round picks. That's a tough pill to swallow. I know they're doing the right thing of like blowing it up and tearing it down to the to the studs, but not a first-round pick for either of these like in Beal's case, all NBA players and like sort of fringe all-star guys. That's tough. Nor Rui Hachimura uh, at the trade (laughs) deadline last uh, season when he's probably going to be making like 20-something mil uh, after the thing. But the good thing for the Wizards is that they have their own picks. 
and they are going to probably be the worst team in the Eastern Conference uh, this coming season, maybe in the entire league. We'll see how things shake out. I think it's very funny that they keep acquiring whoever is known as the best backup point guard in the NBA. First it was DeLon Wright, then it was Monte Morris. Now it's Tyus Jones. Those are the three best. They got all three of them. (laughs) I love them all. (laughs) And they're all coming off the bench for Chris Paul right now. Right now. (laughs) As it stands. Um, But I think actually what the Wizards is doing, it looks very weird to see the Celtics get the best player and two picks. But the Wizards want to be to zero completely. They don't want to take on any long-term salary, which is the big thing. Tyus Jones, he's off the books at the end of next season, if they even keep him. Same with Muscala. Same with Gallinari. If they were getting a player back or if they were getting picks back, they're probably taking on longer contracts, which they do not want to do uh, right now. So I think it's completely starting fresh, hoping they're drafting in the top three uh, for the next couple of seasons. Maybe at the trade deadline, you could flip Tyus Jones for a couple of second rounders or a late first or something like that. They've got a ton of cap space to take in contracts during the year, and then you're getting a first round pick. So I think it's all right for the Wizards. It looks terrible, but yeah. that's not really uh, Michael Winger's fault. That's more Tommy Shepard's fault. Yeah, there is a chance that Washington Washington could have as little as $33 million on the books for the 2024-25 season. That would be like a hundred million dollars in cap space, like the way they're going and the way they're setting this oh, up here. Those guys would love it. The guys that are actually on the books, because <laughs> because those are the guys who actually get the money to get them to the salary cap floor. Yeah. Not that that would happen, 90%. but but well, yeah, you got to get Kuzma, to that money so those Kuzma guys get the bonus. Is Kuzma paid here? Are they going to keep Kuzma at like thirty-three million dollars a year? Just give him Bradley Beal's contract. <laughs> hey, no man, trade we got the space now. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think the Wizards have made out here? Well, everybody grading this trade, I think, in combination with the Bradley Beal yeah, deal. Yeah. And so that, that gets compounded. But I think this one in a vacuum isn't as bad. It was Porzingis on a single-year contract. He had one more year. And so this is the this is the price that people would be willing to pay a number 35 pick they do get here which is almost a first round pick it's only five picks away uh, and and uh, Tyus Jones so yes it doesn't have first round pick in front of it but I think that's what you know Bradley Beal deal aside which was horrendous because there are teams willing to give up first round picks for Bradley Beal that they couldn't take because Bradley Beal said no nah, I don't want to go there so that looks horrible yeah of course uh, but in this case, for Kristaps Porzingis, a guy who was going to leave uh, eventually, who could have just opted out and signed somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, there is that like, part yeah, of it. Like, yeah. like yesterday. He maybe, have told, he maybe told them that, for yeah. all we know. So and I, then they're like, okay, well, we better get something back. I, Otherwise, I, he just leaves. Yeah, I don't think he wanted to play there. I think he wanted to go somewhere and, and sign a long-term deal. He's He had the best year of his career. He thought that he could get a couple of years, and he's right. It seems like the, the Celtics are going to give him a couple of years uh, on top of the one he had. So... Yeah, I, I love pooping on the Wizards, uh, especially with the Bradley Beal deal. Again, Heat say two first round picks. They say, oh, yeah, that's great. Bradley Beal says, hell nah, I ain't doing that. So, yeah, this sucks uh, it, overall, but that's they are just trying to get bad. I, it would be nice if they had a first round pick. I was going to say, would you have rather <laughs> the Wizards came out last night with the first iteration of this three-team deal and they would have had, I believe, Marcus Morris sort of as the salary and then the 30th pick? That's what the the reports were. So the uh, so the late first round pick. I mean, it was a first rounder. It's not a lot different, I guess, than the thirty fifth pick in the second round. But yeah, yes, I, no. yeah, I guess. But you I don't get Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones is a better player than Marcus also, Morris. Also true. Um, but there's a reason that was the first deal. Everybody liked that one more. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and Tyus Jones, 
again, it's like what Trey said about Monte Morris. He being the best backup point guard going into sort of a starter role with the Wizards. He'll be fine as a starter, but he has to be absolutely the fifth best player on a great team uh, to to be, you know, a, a real real difference maker. Everybody loves him, but the stats aren't going to be awesome. In in his stats, in his starts, in his start stats uh, <laughs> last year, I mean, they aren't incredible numbers: ten, five assists, a couple boards, and a three and a half per game. So that's that's the type of thing that you can expect from Tyus Jones and. He could have complimented the, the Grizzlies uh, players. I would have loved to see a, a healthy Grizzlies team as him as the sort of the fifth best option because you know, he's a talented guy and everybody wants them on, or, on their team. But the Wizards are, yeah, they're going to be horrendous. So who is the big winner of this three-team deal? Hmm. Do you like it? It sounds like you don't mind it for all three squads, really. They all have different you know plans here moving forward as a franchise, but you seem... I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're you're high on it for all three squads. I feel like I saw all three fan bases excited and upset <laughs> yesterday and this morning. So it feels like a fine trade to me. Uh, I think if I were going winners in order, it would get, go Celtics, Grizzlies, Wizards. But I think the Grizzlies did a good job. I think the Celtics did a good job. It's risky, but mm-hmm. I think they probably needed to just change things up uh, a little bit. And then the Wizards, like... They're doing what people wanted them to do, just not necessarily the way that we've come to expect it, where you're yeah. getting back three first-round picks for All-Stars. But these were, like, borderline All-Stars. They traded away that they had done stupid stuff in the past before. <laughs> right, so. right. All right, well, let's hear from everybody out there. I know we got the poll up on YouTube. Uh, who is the big winner in this three-team deal? Celtics, Grizz, or Wiz? Uh, you want the results right now? Yeah, sure, because I put it up early. Yeah. yeah, it's in that order. Celtics, 64% of people think they're the winner, 29 for the Grizzlies, and 6 for yeah. the Wizardos. That, that makes some sense. Yeah, the Celtics got the best player. Yeah, right. So everybody's going to say, yeah. But uh, Smart's going to be huge, huge for the Grizzlies, I think. Had some other news uh, yesterday because we had some players that needed to decide whether they were opting in or opting out. And... Uh, the Bucks' Chris Middleton declined his $40 million player option, so he will be an unrestricted free agent, um, though a lot of people think this just means he will be signing with the Bucks on a sort of a longer-term, cheaper deal. Is that what you think here, Tasman? Oh, he turned down $40 million. $40 million bucks, he man. must know something. Uh, that Yes, the Bucks are going to say, here we go. Um, it, it's going to help us a lot if you take a, a cheaper deal, actually, even for this coming season and for following seasons. I think you got to worry a little bit about him physically. He had knee problems all last year. Then he had minor knee surgery on that same knee after the year. But he did come back, and he did have a good postseason. So they probably just know that he's healthy, uh, even though he's going to be 32. Uh, he is part of their future plans, as I've said a billion times, because I thought it was interesting. Him and Yanis Tetkumpo were taking all the interviews. They're interviewing everybody, in- including uh, being in on the uh, the Adrian Griffin search, those two guys specifically on their roster. So he has to be part of the future. And, uh, yeah, I guess he's just taking a lower number because it benefits both sides. And uh, it's good for him. He is just he's, – he's a buck. It's, it felt like Marcus Smart would be a Celtic forever, and it feels like Chris Middleton's going to be a buck forever. Any thoughts here, TK? Yeah, I, I assume he's going back to the Bucks and has some kind of a wink-wink uh, in place because when you look at teams with cap space, it's like the Rockets and the Jazz could beat a $40 million offer. You could see a reason to have Chris Middleton on either of those teams. 
but I haven't heard him come up as one of the vets that the Rockets are after, and it doesn't feel like the Jazz want to make that kind of an improvement right now, spend all their money there. So the tea leaves definitely say back to the Bucs, especially the way Adrian Griffin and John Horst were talking at their first press conference, basically praising Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez as well uh, as huge parts of what the Bucs have built. And then Hollinger mentions um, looking at what Chris Middleton could sign, a four-year deal in the $100 million range would be the equivalent of a three-year $60 million extension, but could save the Bucks tens of millions of luxury tax in 23-24. So that seems to make sense to me. Something four for 100, maybe three for 90 if they wanted to line up more so a yeah. lot. The same with Giannis Antetokounmpo. $25 million for a 35-year-old at the end of the deal. Not terrible, I don't think, especially with the cap rising and rising. If they come out with that, $25 million for Chris Middleton, that's really, really good. And in my opinion, him doing the franchise a bit of a yep. favor. I think he deserves more even still coming off the injuries. I was shocked to see what he did against the Heat in the first round. I had forgotten all about how well he played. Maybe it's because they just got sort of surprised by the Miami Heat. Obviously, the eighth seed upsetting uh, Giannis, who was out for a little bit, and the Bucks. He averaged 24, 6, and 6 in 35 minutes a game, shot 46% from the field and 40 from deep. Did we talk about Chris Middleton once in that <laughs> no. series? In all honesty. And, like, that sort of sums up Chris Middleton his entire career, it feels like. He's really, really good. Great numbers. You don't talk about him a lot. He is the uh, Ferris wheel, as we oh, call yeah. him. He has those, like, crazy sort of highs, and these are just pretty steady otherwise. But, man, if they get him for $25 million per year, even for three, four years, that's... I think it's going to be more than that. Which will still be less than maybe? 40. Like, sure, know, 33 sure. million a year-ish? Yeah, because he, he is good. I mean, you're just hoping he bounces back from the injury. Did he start to decline a little bit defensively? You know, it's sort of similar. You know, he's not on the same level, but people think the Celtics were moving off Marcus Smart because they started to see a little bit of a decline on that end as he gets up there in age. Is the same thing sort of going to happen with a guy like Middleton? Um, maybe, but... He's going to stay with Milwaukee. It'll just oh, be whatever yeah. number they agree to here. He's the best player available for them. <laughs> even if right. they were, even if they were to say, "Now nah, we don't want you. We're going to go look at a free agent." Well, Middleton's the top of the free agent class uh, at a wing position at to help. Wing, yeah. And uh, he was underutilized in that playoff series. The only time he really came up was when it came to the end of the games when they were, you know, tossing the ball away and throwing it off people's head. And and, my, <laughs> and, and it was easy to look at that and just say. Put that ball in the hand of Chris Middleton and let him run some pick and rolls with Giannis Antetokounmpo. He was, it was, it was Mike Budenholzer just wasn't using him enough uh, as as they were falling apart in that series. So, uh, yeah, you got a question. He's thirty two injuries, sure, um, but they must know that. Yeah, he's he's ready to go. Uh, and then we had another guy um, decline his player option. Nuggets Bruce Brown. This wasn't really a surprise. Only six point eight million dollar player option that he declined, so he becomes an unrestricted free agent. He was obviously great, uh, explosive off the bench for the Nuggets championship run. He averaged uh, 11, 4, and 3 last season, career highs. So there are two options for Bruce Brown here. He can return to Denver on a contract that starts at about $7.8 million with a player option in year two. That's the maximum he can sign with Denver because he has non-bird rights and Denver is a tax team. So this would allow him to establish early bird rights in 2024 and sign for a contract then north of $12 million. As Bobby Marks put it, this would be the Bobby Portis type deal that he did with Milwaukee. Pretty funny that Bobby Portis was uh, even commenting on that. Said he changed the game, (laughs) just like Cat. Great tweet. Could have been in the running for two to the night. (laughs) Or Bruce Brown can sign with a team that has cap space or with the $12.2 million non-tax mid-level. And you have to keep in mind here, Bruce Brown has not made a lot of money in his career. 
like 15 million or 15 something. million yeah. career um because of where he started and how he got into this league so what but but then we heard at the championship parade i mean mike malone basically like he's not going anywhere <laughs> keep it a mirror <laughs> and it's like okay, yeah okay maybe but it will be on this sort of you know, deal. It would be on a hell of a deal to then sign a longer contract like Bobby Porter's did with Milwaukee. Do you think that's what Bruce Brown does with the idea of like, we could go back to back. Maybe we have a dynasty here. I'm a, I'm an instrumental player in that. Or does the guy just take a paycheck from another team? He could probably get twice that. Was Michael Malone drunk or not? <laughs> the answer is yes. Yes, yeah, he was. Yes. That's when I knew he was drunk, when he wasn't contemplating the salary cap ramifications for Bruce Brown. I hope he comes back on a one-year deal, and then they say in twenty four, twenty five, pay the man. Uh, as especially because the cap keeps going up, but also yeah, they're paying guys. You know, their top four is getting paid, uh, as we've said. So it will be difficult. I, I guess he ends up taking a bigger contract from somewhere else. Uh, that would be my guess. Uh, but I, I do want to see him give him a the winky wink that the Bucks have with Chris Middleton could be happening with Bruce. And it happened with Bobby. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love the idea of the Bobby Porter's contract, but I think it's going to go the other way. I think Bruce Brown's going to leave uh, for a check somewhere. Even the non-tax mid-level exception is only $12.4 million. He could probably get more than that, I would imagine. Four teams, Rockets, Jazz, Spurs, and Thunder, they all have money. You could see him on literally all of those teams. Wow, I guess Spurs, yeah. I Spurs, really like, alongside Wembenyama and Sohan, that's cool. Thunder, if they want to, like, take another leap forward. He's young enough that he fits in there and a little bit of veteranship. Same with the Jazz. Rockets seems a little more far-fetched, but there are teams, all those teams, I think, could talk themselves into Bruce Brown, especially considering the rest of the free agency class. Then you look at what the Nuggets have done since making the finals. Suddenly they have the 29th pick, the 32nd pick, and the 37th pick, which are all swings on trying to replace Bruce Brown, trying to find the next Christian Brown. Apparently they're hyped about this guy, Peyton Watson, yeah. who Tassa saw dunk at the finals in a pra- in a practice. So <laughs> it looks like they're trying to find their Bruce Brown replacement for even cheaper. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, and, and you said those teams that want to take the next step. It's not like they're you know, um, harming themselves financially by signing Bruce Brown. Mm-hmm. It's like $12, $13, $14 for a, a great glue guy. That's a great deal, mm-hmm. and Bruce may may have to take it. Uh, just to, yeah, for the next few years, he makes extra dough. I know it's tough to leave. Yeah, but. that'd be a tough decision. In all honesty, like if like like a lot of us think, man, they could definitely win another championship, if not more, with their structure, with the MVP type uh, talent they have. Do you want to leave that? Like you're a beloved guy already, and like man, but then again, like if you got double, triple the salary and the ring. And you've already got the ring. Yeah, man. That's tough. It's tough. We'll see what Bruce Brown does. Uh, this is for the sickos only. Just a quick trivia question. Middleton opts out. Bruce Brown opts out. What's the what's the link between those two guys? No, I, I mean a link loosely, but what is the <laughs> common thread? Sickos only. They were both Detroit Pistons. Oh, uh, that's it? I wanted you to go one step further. Both second, second round, round picks so. yeah, from I the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> yeah, I could have. Good stuff. They, good I was stuff. like, did they They didn't cross over on the Pistons, no, I don't no, think. No, no, uh, no. Middleton 2012, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruce Brown 2018. But good stuff. Second round picks. Both of those guys. You keep that in mind tonight when you're watching the second round. You can find yourself a Chris Middleton. You can find yourself a Bruce Brown. You can find yourself a Nikola Jokic. Damn right. <laughs> Or or a quesadilla. Or what was it? Uh, Quesarito. Oh, yeah. Quesarito. I actually went to Taco Bell last night wearing a Jokic shirt. 
You went after the pickup run? Yeah, buddy. Wow. Family's out of town. Been saving oh, it. Saving man. it for a special time. I mean, every time I drive home from basketball, I'm passing the taco oh, bowl. Geez. But I always want to get home, see my wife, give her a hug. But she's gone, baby. So I said. So you're hugging burritos? Oh, Doritos, Loco, Tacos, Supreme. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Made a mistake drinking a big old Mountain Dew, though, <laughs> at 11 o'clock at night. No wonder you were oh, up. No. Uh, That's what I was watching night. Avatar last night. <laughs> we're we're going to have to work out a cramp in the second half of the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. It's quite possible. You know, you know it's actually, I, 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 love, I love that move. Wife's out of town. Go to, just yeah. go fast. Order in or go fast. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, Danielle saw this taco place that we had been wanting to go to. And she said, all right, I'm doing it. She came back with a, a bag of tacos oh, and stuff. Yeah. They ended up being like Taco Bell tacos without the feeling of going Ooh. to Taco Bell. And twice as terrible. expensive, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I would have ra- rather tough. pulled that off. Can't wait till she goes out of town. So Come I mean, over at like 11 tonight if you want to <laughs> hang out. We're going to have a, make ma- a run for the border. You guys want to do a live playback together? Eat some uh, Taco Bell? Why not? Uh, all right, we got to take a break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to look ahead. To tonight's NBA draft, I got some questions for the guys and all of you. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, if you want the first half of that statement some people are dave defore but everybody's dave grisham (laughs) jd yelled out we're coming back and this guy continues to keep going anyway we are just hours away from the 2023 nba draft uh highly encourage you all to join us tonight on playback at 8 p.m. Eastern, Taco Bell will be consumed <laughs> while we watch the draft. Uh, that link is in the show notes. Now, a lot can change between now and then, but most of the mock drafts still have it. 1-2-3 uh, going Wembenyama to the Spurs, Brandon Miller to the Hornets, and Scoot Henderson to the Blazers. The latest intel, just to set this up, Anthony Black is getting buzz as high as number six where the Jazz could be targeting a trade. Apparently, they really want Anthony Black. Derek Lively, the second's draft range. That's one to watch. He told the media the other day that he doesn't have a promise, like he doesn't have a team telling him where he's going, and that his draft range, he said this, is anywhere from 10 to 20. (laughs) So we'll see if he goes to the Mavs or if that pick's moved or if he goes further on. Cam Whitmore could drop as far as number nine. To, again, potentially the Jazz there. That's where they are right now. Or to number 10 at the Mavs. Grady Dick had a last-minute workout with the Pacers. They have the number 7 pick. And the Nuggets did trade up into the first round. They acquired picks numbers 29 and 32 from the Pacers for number 40 there. Um, So they're in here at the end of the first round. They're going to try and get some more young, cheap talent to fill out the rest of their roster, try and find another Christian Brown or a Watson and something like that. 
as uh, they move forward and try and repeat. The Ringer, they had their uh, NBA draft entrance survey. They had some fun questions, I thought, in it. So I pulled a few. Get your answers, guys. TK, get us started here. Which draft prospect are you irrationally obsessed with? Who do you love? <laughs> well, okay, I'm going to throw this one out there. Uh, obviously, Victor Wembanyama is very exciting, so I feel like <laughs> yeah. I am loving every single detail I hear about this guy's life. Brian Windhorst was just on the Bill Simmons podcast, basically like talking about Vic's background. Apparently, he's like buddies with Michael Douglas. The what? actor, the actor. Oh. He's like in his seventies. I'm like, but they're like close friends or something like that. Uh, the the trainer that trained Victor Wembanyama showed him Pistol Pete and and one mixtapes to build his handle. Like those are the coolest videos that have ever existed in basketball. <laughs> so I'm loving like yeah. every detail I'm hearing about this guy already. He did say too. I thought of you, Tass. Did you see the clip where he uh, Wembanyama was at some school? They brought him in. A bunch of kids were getting them to ask yep. questions. And a little girl got up. How tall are you? He said, I knew I was going to get this. Mm-hmm. He said he's 7'3". Yep. Really? He stuck with 7'3". He didn't say 7'4". The 7'5", we're hearing. That's what Vic said. I thought he'd give it in centimeters, like like a good <laughs> metric system. Okay. Uh, yeah, so is he pulling a Kevin Durant? Uh, I don't you know. know. Who does? doesn't want to say he's 7'5". 7'5 is a new 7 foot. Yeah. But I agree. I didn't think I'd like him anymore, but hearing him talk, do everything. He was cool on the J.J. Redick podcast. He's cool. He's, he's cool. wise behind his, beyond his ears, so it's not surprising that he's buddies with Michael Douglas. <laughs> Michael what? Douglas. What? So weird. Uh, but yeah, uh, also very funny hearing Brian Windhorst describe Victor Wembanyama as cool on the podcast. Like, I don't know how else to say it. He's just cool. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's true, like... To be that tall and also be cool, that's I think impressive. It's pretty rare. Yeah. You know, like, Andrea Bragnani was not cool. I would not say Porzingis <laughs> is cool. I mean, Yao Ming is cool in a different way, but not yeah. really cool as a personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Sean Bradley, no. You know, like, you go through the list. <laughs> I don't know how cool Mark Eaton was. Uh, Ralph Sampson. Bo- I think he's Boban. the coolest. Boban's kind of cool. Boban's cool. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah, the rare anyway. combination of uh, height and cool and talent. Uh, as for <laughs> other prospects that are out there, Case uh, and Wallace is uh, the one for me. Okay. Kentucky point guard. I think he's 14th on Sam Vecini's big board at The Athletic. He's 6'3". He's got a 6'9 wingspan. He plays exactly like Drew Holiday, and I don't know what's happened to me, but I saw... Case and Wallace take a Drew Holiday bump defensively, and I was like, I love this guy. <laughs> you know where like he just slides his feet, yeah. gets in the way, gets bumped back, but has enough quickness and enough hand-eye coordination to actually, like, poke at the ball. I was like, damn, only Jeru Holiday does that in the NBA. It's pretty rare skill, uh, and Wallace is able to do it. He's inconsistent, it seems, uh, as a scorer and as a shooter, perhaps, yep. which is also kind of Drew Holiday-themed. Uh, so that's a guy uh, I'm big on who I think is going to do well in the NBA because all those Kentucky guards do. Yeah, that's a good point. Who do you got, Tass? I think I know your answer, unless you're going to swerve and go somewhere else. Oh, no, I'm not going. You're I'm not, not going, going Leonard, Leonard Miller? Come nah. on, we got to plant our flag. We are the biggest oh, yes. other guys on the planet. Oh, yes, we absolutely are. He's not are. invited to the to the green room tonight. What up with that? Huh? Why? <laughs> Does he's, that mean he's dropping? No, because he's so Why? cool. He's got a bigger party that he's throwing, a bigger party than the draft party. Damn. He's filling out Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. <laughs> 20,000. Cool. They haven't released it yet, but it's like one of those secret parties. He's from Thornhill, Everybody's Hill, getting right? an email. Is that where he's from? Yeah, he's from the Toronto area. Yeah. Think so. Okay, I thought you were going to go Leonard Miller, but we love. No, Leonard yeah, Miller. we just don't know if he's going to. Yeah, I wanted to go with a lottery pick because okay. it's highly unlikely he's going to be picked in the lottery, even though he should. He, yeah, he no. might. He you might. never know. 
The maps. The Thunder. The I think thirteenth on the Vicini board. Yeah. Oh, moved up, has he? Okay, where are you going then? Yeah, I could see Cuban even reaching at ten. That would be crazy, but we used to have Lamar Odom. Let's get him again. Mm. Uh, Anyway, uh, Taylor Hendricks, at uh, nineteen-year-old, you know he's perfect for the NBA. Just super long, defend multiple positions. Uh, He's flowing up the draft boards. He just seems really, really, really uh, down to earth. I I just loved him in his interviews, really. Afterwards, I saw him interviewed by the... uh, Who who is that? Uh, Mr. Jass uh, that's interviewing everybody for the uh, the NBA account. Tristan? Tristan Jass. Jass, The pickup baller? Yes, the the trick shot artist. that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Curls for days. Uh, Anyways, he's he's asking people, uh, you know, random questions. And this guy, this guy when asked... What are you going to do with your first check? He said, well, the thing is, you, you, you got to live below your means. You, you got to talk to a financial advisor. And, and, and they're giving us all of these great resources at the NBA. So this guy, I mean, man, 19 years old? Yeah. This guy, holy Come crap. on, man. He's smart. Come uh, on, man. I like this guy. Live like a little, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That Red flag time. for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Hendrix. Yeah, Hendrix. Uh, he looks good. I'll, I'll swerve then. I'll swear, I'm going to go with one of the older guys, I think, in the draft who I have, uh, you know, become irrationally obsessed with. Jaime Jaquez Jr., UCLA guard, man. Cool look. He is old, but who cares? That means he's going to come in probably into a rotation right away, and he's going to contribute. You can see it now. I don't know who the squad will be that takes him, but, man, I apparently by all accounts, too, this gets, like, me all going, like, in all these workouts where they've brought him in with other prospects, he, like, dominates. He kicks all their asses. Everyone's like, oh, Jesus. I think he's 22 years old. That's so, probably yeah. part of it. I know. I know. <laughs> but still, yep. he's still lighting them up. Uh, so I'm in on him. I can't wait to see who takes him. He's probably going to go probably at the end of the first round. 20s, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, maybe he falls into the second round. Doesn't matter. Whoever picks him up, I think he will, like, probably help out right away and he does look cool too. He's got oh, yeah. an awesome look. Mustache. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he looks evil. Sick, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he does look evil. He looks like a evil gone good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Like third act of the movie, evil guy. <laughs> He's turned. It's all good. <laughs> so I'm in on him. Um, all right, next question. What is a dream uh, player team pairing? Like a dream prospect team pairing? You're going to love this. I want Jaime Hawkes Jr. to go to the Denver Nuggets. 23rd, like I said, on the Vicini big board. The Nuggets have 29, 32, and 37, so they could maybe see if Hawkes falls to them mm. or package a couple of those and trade up if they're really interested in him. He's slow. <laughs> he's a slow forward, but he's got skills. He's a definite jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none kind of type. Sure. But one of the jacks he has, what one of the <laughs> skills he has. Trades? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know which it is. <laughs> Yeah, the trades. One of the trades he has, he <laughs> trades in basketball IQ. And there if you, you got go. basketball IQ, you fit next to Nikola Jokic. Everybody fits next to Nikola Jokic. But if you can handle a little bit, pass a little bit, cut a little bit, you will be successful. So I think that's a nice match. Okay. Oh, they got their Bruce Brown replacement. Uh, there you go. So uh, another common one is Derek Lively to the Dallas Mavericks. Everyone's saying just a, a monstrous big was brought in to do a lot of uh, workouts there, and he's, he's talking the right game uh, right now. He's, he's been asked how you fit on that team. I'm just there to set picks for Luka and set picks for Kyrie. So, I mean, the, the fit is almost too obvious. Uh, if the Dallas Mavericks uh, want this guy, I know Dwight Powell has got a lot of promise 
but I think we got to, they've got to, that was a joke for you. But anyway, <laughs> you're, you're, we're all busy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so. Can you say it again? Because I actually did. Dwight Powell's it. got a lot of promise, but they should bring in Derek Lively. I, I want, did say that once. I want a, I want a <laughs> new. It still feels like Dwight Powell's in his young, early 20s. Like 24, <laughs> maybe. Well, Mark Cuban once said that uh, Dwight Powell, when he was traded along with Rajon Rondo to the Dallas Mavericks, that's who he came in for, which is. Seems really wow. weird to wow. say that, but he was, uh, you know, with the Celtics. Um, but he he got traded there, and, and they said, uh, "What's what's so good about your game?" To Dwight Powell and Cuban kind of interrupted, and he said, "Let me take this for him. He's a stretch five. He can, he can be a stretch five out there." He he was showed he showed promise back then. Yeah, uh, and Derek Lively doesn't shoot it uh, for a stretch five, but he could just do the things that the Mavs want, as in never shoot again. Uh, he just just set picks for Kyrie uh, if he's there and Luka Doncic and I just want a new way of spelling Derek D-E-R-E-C-K hello I'm not ready for that spelling yeah that is a not rare ready. one very rare I, just, I thought I knew the way to spell Derek and then Derek Rose comes in and now this guy um, yeah it's gonna be tough my phone's not ready for this <laughs> it's a lively well, lively way to spell Derek for sure uh, I'll go with uh, I got a couple answers one and I think it is going to happen. It feels like almost the lock of the uh, NBA draft tonight. Amen Thompson going at four to Houston. Just, I love the fit. I love the idea of Thompson uh, alongside Jalen Green. That's a cool-ass backcourt. It's probably not going to win a lot of games there in year one uh, for Yudoka, but that's fine. Uh, you could obviously see the potential of a backcourt like that. But, I mean, I also got to hope that if he's still there, which he probably will be, he's not even in the green room, uh, if Leonard Miller's there at 12th, for the Thunder, pick him up. Get another Canadian on the squad. Come on. SGA, Dort, Miller, it's working. I think he could slot in there nicely, too, and his skill set with that squad. So uh, I would love to see it. I really just hope he goes in the lottery, but, man, I'm starting to feel like he's not. It's really weird that he wasn't invited because there's like 30 names invited. It's like a lot of guys that are going to be sitting around there for a I'm while. I'm telling you, he's cool, man. He's got other things to do. You think? They, hold on. So you're telling me they invited Leonard Miller and he declined. He's like, too cool. You think they didn't? That's yeah. that's the weird thing. They didn't. Wow! But they're invited they like a lot of people. Yeah, well, guys, way lower than him. They're gonna get picked way lower. I know, I know, I know, man. Strange. Maybe he doesn't have his passport. <laughs> <laughs> no, we saw him. That's true. He, he was on my work visa. He <laughs> had to go you back after it. the G League season was over. <laughs> you didn't know that? <laughs> Can't get another one until he gets drafted to a team. <laughs> uh, all right. A couple more questions here. What trade do you want to see tonight? Uh, have at it, TK. What do you like to see go down? It seems uh, unlikely, nigh on impossible. But I'd love to see the Rockets somehow find a way to trade up to number five so they can draft both Thompson. Oh, there you back go. to back, four and five. They've got the 20th pick in this year's draft from the Clippers. They could offer a future first. They've got a few of those hanging yeah. around. Kevin Porter, Porter Jr. Jr. might yeah. not be part of their uh, uh, future going forward. Usman Garuba, uh, if the Pistons <laughs> are really wanting some defense. Tari Eason, I don't think they're coming off it. Well, like I'm saying, it's pretty unlikely. Yeah. But it would be very cool to see those two on the same team, like growing together and playing uh, in the NBA. Uh, but the Rockets pretty soon here are going to be trying to win basketball games. And having two super raw guys as your as your leaders is probably a tough way to do that. <laughs> okay. But it would be cool. That's a trade you want to see, yes. not maybe one we will see. What about you? We're talking cool. What about Kula Bali? 
to the Toronto Raptors. I hope the Raptors, they may be able to get him at 13, but if they can, if they know, uh, they want to get in on the cool sweepstakes. I mean, he, he's he's cooled by osmosis because he played with Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> Trade up to the 12th, 11th pick, wherever they have to get. What about those to. rumors that the Spurs want him? Want to, to pair play. the two of them together? Get yeah. Michael Douglas running the point? <laughs> 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 I think Michael Douglas can who? I think he's ever touched a basketball? Uh, I think he would yeah. be one of the first guys um, to get a flagrant foul for flopping because he's always falling down. <laughs> Ooh. Nice. I was waiting. I was going to see what movie you were going to go with. I was excited. <laughs> you got there. No doubt. Yeah, thanks, man. No doubt. Uh, yeah, okay. that makes sense. They've they've always been an international squad. Why don't we just run an international team out there? Guys that have played together. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. But uh, yeah, the cool factor. Everybody wants cool Bali. The one trade we want to see tonight. Come on, it's got to be the number three pick getting moved from Portland. Yes. Will it happen uh, at this? Uh, at this point, I feel like no, unfortunately. But, man, that's the one we want to see because it'll be really weird after tonight if they just take Scoot Henderson and Damian Lillard's still there and then they're just going to re-sign Grant. And... Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> ah, no, I hope not. I hope not. It'd be fun if it's a big blockbuster, obviously. If it's Zion, if it's oh, Siakam. An if all-star it's trade, man. Something, something big to pair with Damian Lillard. And for that other team to get possibly a Scoot, at number three, and maybe a Simons, or is Sharp included? I mean, I wouldn't want to move off him if I were the Blazers. I'd want to keep him. But, you know, if it's Zion, then you got to ask yourself, is that worth it? So I want to see that. I don't know. It, it felt like it was going to happen for a while, and now it feels less and less likely it's going to happen. But that's how we sort of go with these things. <laughs> the screens are smoking. Uh, screens are smoking. <laughs> this week. Uh, which would be a bigger deal if Zion gets traded anywhere likely to the Blazers or if Damian Lillard gets traded away from the Blazers top 75 guy mm. all time top 5 hyped guy coming into the NBA all time I think it's Dame I think it would be Dame because like the hypothetical of him being moved be it to Miami to New Orleans whatever whatever squad he's going to it's like they could be it, he could make them a championship contender good point whereas even if Zion were to come to the Blazers tonight are we going to be here tomorrow morning going Blazers upper echelon they're gonna take down the nuggets i don't think we would be it makes them better but i don't think they become automatically a top five championship contender that's my opinion like zion and dame you think uh, i no, i think the resulting team of lillard getting traded definitely will be better uh than yeah. if zion was joining lillard but i think that zion being traded as a number one pick as a guy who was like seen as a generational superstar coming into yeah. the league i think that's a bigger Transaction just out there, tr- trading a number one pick this early in his career, especially a guy that we've seen dominate when he's on the court. I don't know. It'd be like get, Embiid getting traded kind of after his rookie of the year season when he played 31 games in three years or yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. well, true. I'd say uh, bigger immediate basketball impact is Lillard, but bigger internet impact, Zion. There's going to be some some crazy tweets flying around. Oh, Zion yeah. Williamson you know, from, from a lot of different people. Uh, final question. One random NBA draft prediction. What do you got? The Hornets take Scoot Henderson over Brandon Miller. Here we go. Here we go. The mocks say no. The mocks say no. And guess what? I went back and checked. Last year, every mock had Jabari Smith That's right. as number one. Sam Vecini, 6.40 p.m. before the draft. Jabari Smith, number one. Woj, the day of the draft, was saying it is locked in. One, two, three. And all the quotes you see about Houston last year are the exact same. 
as they are about Charlotte this year. We have no idea where these leaks are coming from. This is usually a very tight-lipped front office, and but suddenly we know their plans, and it's not to take the guy that people see as the superstar. Mm. Seems strange to me. Why would you not take the guy who is like looked at as a franchise cha- talent just because you have another guard there? Figure it out. I think uh, think this is a big smokescreen. So give me Scoot at number two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a good prediction. I hope that's the case. You go with the best player. Period. Uh, I see a, a, a surprise guest when uh, Adam Silver announces the number 10 pick with the 10th pick, the Dallas Mavericks select Leonard Miller from Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. Yay, oh, Leonard Miller is not here tonight. But from the back, that's Leonard Miller's music. <laughs> and he comes out onto the stage. Yeah, no one expected me here. I didn't get the invite. It's like wow. a, a Brandon Jennings showing up. Whoa, he's here. That's my prediction. He'll be there, man. He'll be there. He'll get those visa issues rectified and he'll be there. What's his music? Bob <laughs> uh, Cajun? No, it's oh, a bare naked ladies. Burling down and down white water. That's where the long divers are. That's a Canadian cut for you guys. That's nice. Yeah. I'm going Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. I'm going, uh, if I had a million dollars, oh. I'd be drafted into the league. You will have a million dollars after will. tonight. Yeah, more. Much, much more. <laughs> Especially if he goes number 10. <laughs> Maybe uh, even more. Dijon ketchup. Uh, I thought you were going to say, uh, you know, the pick at 10. Suddenly we hear the, or the, the it flashes on the screen. We have a trade. Because there's a lot of buzz around that 10th pick. Talk between the Mavericks. And the Hawks, is there some swapping going on there in terms of their picks and Capella, players? Even Capella. Capella, John Collins. Capella's I think that's my Howard. prediction. I think the Hawks I think the Hawks are active tonight. They should be. I think they are. I think tonight's the night here where they finally make a sort of a move with one of their bigs here, be like Capella or Collins, and wear that fifteenth pick. Um, that'll be my prediction. The I Hawks ho- get I hope busy. So. Uh, Trey mentioned Travis Schlank earlier. What he did to that roster. You know, looking at it now, it's... I know Quinn Snyder's going to... I think, I believe in Quinn Snyder doing well with that roster, but you just look up and down. Where guys are paid, how much they're paid for a a mediocre team. Trey getting 40, and then guys in the 20s, and Collins, and Capella, and DeAndre Hunter, and Bogdanovich getting paid. They've got to get off something, and the Capella one to the Mavs makes so much sense. I, I think more so than the John Collins. Just mm. get really big and defensive and then just play a Nyeka and Kongwu already. So I, I see that move happening. All right. Well, we'll be live tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern on Playback. Hit that link in the show notes. Join our No Dunks room on Playback, and then we'll be live later tonight. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the Night from at FOS, Front Office Sports. Yesterday, out of nowhere, the 2024 NBA All-Star Saturday Night will be held at the Colts Lucas Oil Stadium with 35,000 seats around the court. We have a pick here for everybody on YouTube of sort of... A, you know, an illustration of what it would look like there in the Lucas Oil Stadium. Gainbridge Fieldhouse, so the Pacers' actual arena, that'll host the All-Star Game. So, Saturday night in the football stadium, Sunday, the game, in the Pacers' mm-hmm. arena. Yeah, like what happened in New York with the uh, the Brooklyn and the MSG mm-hmm. scenario. Well, those, I mean, yes, two different venues, but... One not a gigantic football stadium. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, this one, uh, I'm not excited about. I'm not excited about a curtain. There's a curtain. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to cut off the other, the, the other half of the arena is for concerts. Right. Like, that's a stage for concerts, so it's going to be half empty. Right, no, there's going right. to be, I think there's going to be a concert, really. There's going to be a concert on the other side. Like, there's going to be a Saturday night concert, which they kind of already do. Yeah. They did this year with Jack Harlow, right? Oh, so you uh, think that's like... You sit on that side, you can't see what's <laughs> happening? No, I think it's like two separate audiences. I think they're going to separate it. I Whoa. Mean, they had 21 Savage, right, and, and Jack Harlow right. perform. Right. yeah. So you think did... you'll have a ticket to that, and then they'll put it up on the, obviously, the Jumbotron sure. or whatever, that you'll be able to watch the festivities happening on the other side of the curtain? I guess. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it just looks You're really... You're probably right. It looks really weird. The curtain looks really strange. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. That's. I'm just terrified that we already hate the dunk contest as it is. <laughs> and uh, now we're going to have 35,000 people. Hope they bring it. We need some big names to go in this thing in 2024. <laughs> we're, this is going to be brutal. We need a Thompson twin. <laughs> we, need, we need all of them, man. Yeah, we need both Thompson all twins. All the rooks, they got to go in it. Every single one. If you can Victor, jump, you're, you're in, in, man. <laughs> I wish they just had it in the field house. For both events. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have been, but for me, top three stadium in the NBA, it's one of the coolest. Like, it feels old school. It's built, like, after a bar, and you can go and, like, see the Pacers practice court from the stadium. It's really, really cool. Really tight, too. It's only, like, 18,000 seats or something right. like that. Nice. Which is really Intimate. why the league is doing this, yeah. to get more people in there for Saturday night. And, man, I think it would be a big dud if they played the game in the football stadium, it is dead in the arena for that night anyways. So if they played that in, in a huge football stadium, that would be bad. But I wish they were just at the Pacers stadium yeah. for this. Yeah. Oh, when I first read this tweet, I was so confused by the 
hold on, we're doing Saturday night in the football stadium? And then, yeah, not Sunday? We're going back to the Pacers Arena? And, like, yeah, I was really, really just weirded out by that. But, man, we got to pray that All-Star Saturday night is a banger. Mm-hmm. They need to have uh, uh, whoever the musical performance is has to be huge because they got a whole goddamn <laughs> concert set up. We need the dunk contest to be lights out. We need a great three-point contest. We might need some new events. You might as well try it here with 35,000 people there. But, uh, yeah, otherwise I guess the game on Sunday. I have never been to uh, Indianapolis, and I've heard nothing but great things about the arena, for sure. It's very cool. Yeah. Where are the, where's the location of these places? Like, is the football stadium, like, uh, you know. Is they it, are downtown, uh, I think. Oh, both they're both? Them. Okay, yeah, I like I that. Know, I don't know about where they are, though. But I do like John Schumann's uh, suggestion here. Uh, put the Thompson Twins in the dunk contest and then have the Thompson Twins do the concert on the uh, other side. Of the good <laughs> stuff, Schumann. You're going to like a short we got coming later this week. Nice Thompson Twins reference. <laughs> none of those people in the band named Thompson. Definitely not twins. They're not. None of them are named Thompson. Uh, Schumann, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think so. <laughs> in fact, I think I saw Hollinger say that to Schumann, and then Schumann's response was, "Yeah, there were a lot of police officers in the police too." <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Let me know if you did that. I'm pretty sure I saw that okay, in good. doom scrolling the that's other day. You Sam Vecini saw that. Huh? <laughs> Uh, we saw an all-star game in a football stadium, right? Yeah, we saw the Dallas. in Dallas. Alicia Keys was Would you great. say it was good? This is just being... No, the concert was good. They had a concert I mean, we, at the same time. Alicia sounded great. We just went and saw the Final Four in a football stadium in Houston. They're it's big. Ho- it's horrible. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> we had, like, Basketball good in a football stadium. and hmm. we couldn't see shit. You're so far away. Yeah, I watched basketball in a baseball stadium. Skydome. Wasn't good. No. Uh, yeah, usually, in a, yeah, you're not, you're not there for the basketball though. You're just there for the atmosphere. Yeah, this is. I That's mean, this sure, almost makes sure. more sense to do it for the Saturday night. I agree. agree yeah. with that. I agree. Instead of like you said, the game, which is already like a bit of like a. Ugh. So all right. Anyway. Yeah, the we'll curtain. The curtain Indian weirds movies. me out. When you you guys did the dunk contest, and I guess it was 2014 or 2017 in New Orleans. It was in the Superdome, and there was curtains all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it was 17. Great curtain yeah. call. Don't like these curtains. And San Antonio uh, Feels famously like it... used to have a curtain in their old stadium. Yep. What did they call that? The Alamo Dome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. Just I... played there, right? Oh yeah, that's when they did the seventy thousand yeah. plus or whatever. That's yeah. when you had great views from telescopes miles <laughs> away. Uh, yeah, it's it's just the curtain feels like you're in grade school. Like let's. <laughs> Let's section it off, you know? Well, you would like to see them then just go, come on, if you're going to do this, Turn let's it. pack that thing to the gills. 60,000 plus to see an Amon Thompson dunk. I don't mind it. I don't mind separating the concert. Uh, it probably means it's a little more timely. You know, things can oh, move a little faster. Because <laughs> last year, Jack Harlow was talking and talking and talking, and we were just waiting for the basketball to happen. Can you go back to the photo real quick, JD? Uh, I don't know if you have it there. Uh I did laugh at this, like, a little attention to detail. You notice the NBA on TNT? You can see the uh, the set. desk right the desk. there, the set in the corner yeah. near the court. I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> we will have a desk. <laughs> I also like that they put some musician on the Jumbotron on the on the side of the <laughs> the huh. concert. It looks like a bass guitar. <laughs> <laughs> cool. We will have a bass. Ooh, Easter egg. Who's the biggest, uh, you know, from the state of Indiana, uh, musical artist John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? I, don't know. I think he. I think he's from Indiana. <laughs> Little Diddy. Kelly Dwyer. <laughs> Do it. Come on, Dwyer. 
Yeah, we're going to see Dwyer. MKC. See Dwyer. That's a great <laughs> idea. I'm shred. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a... Uh, I, I was looking at the photo with my daughter, and she said, what are those dots? And uh, I said, those are people. People paid their seats. People paid a <laughs> lot of people. money. But, uh, yeah, we were we were examining it. She was confused why there was dots. Um, but those dots yeah. are people. Those dots are people. All right. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Guys, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Join us on Playback, 8 p.m. Eastern. I've said that a million times by now. <laughs> so hit the link in the show notes. Get into the no-dunks. Playback Room. What do you got, TK? Uh, I found a more famous uh, musician from Indiana. A guy by the name of Michael Jackson. Oh, Gary. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> a notable name. From Gary. <laughs> Motown started in uh, Indianapolis. Maybe. They're uh, they're from Gary, Indiana. Yeah. Yep. Oh, fan, great yeah. call. Yep. Good call, yeah. You knew that. Well, like as soon as you said Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah Gary, yeah. Definitely forgot. Well, yeah. So Hologram. John Hologram. <laughs> All right. We're getting loopy. Slop season is having 90 minutes here. You know yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. John Hologram. All right, guys. We'll see you tonight. Uh, and then we will be back tomorrow with the Drop Podcast. You know we're doing winners and losers from the NBA draft. And probably, or hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, reacting to some, to some trades tonight. So lots to talk about on tomorrow's Drop Podcast. Until tonight, though, Clipper Rose. He froze. Clipper Bros. He you froze. heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Clipper Bro. And thank you for joining us. And remember, I think Janet Jackson's going to perform as well. She puts on a good show still to this day. People love it. Brace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.